This is episode 30 of the Photo Biz Exposed podcast. Today, my special guest is Bernie Griffiths. He's a wedding and portrait photography success coach after having his own successful business for over 40 years. That interview coming up in just a minute. Is photography your passion, your life? Are you aiming for a successful portrait and wedding photography business? Or are you already on your way? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and related experts sharing the facts on running a profitable portrait and wedding business. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am absolutely wrapped to have you listening. I've got another great show lined up for you today. I've got an interview, which is, it's almost a two-part interview. So um, I'll explain a little bit more about that when we get to the interview section with Bernie Griffiths. Before that, we will have a quick look at the last episode and your takeaways. I've only got one quick shout out, but it's a really important one today. Probably... I think when I look back, I think it's the most inspiring letter or email I've received from a listener to date, and it uh, it absolutely made my week, so I can't wait to share that with you. I've also got a little bit about the premium content this week. I can't wait to reveal that. Uh, It's pretty exciting this week, and um, I've got a couple of other comments or announcements to make following the interview with Bernie, so I hope you stick around for all of that. Let's get stuck into this. And now, a macro look at the last episode. Okay, so in the last episode, I interviewed Amy Wallen from As Sweet As Images, and Amy's only been operating her business for two and a half years in a a new country of all places to start a new business, and she seems to be going very, very well. And a lot of that success comes down to her use of Google AdWords, and we, we dive pretty deeply into that into the last episode. And it seems some of your takeaways did refer back to that, but I think that the most important takeaway or the most important comment in regard to that interview actually came from Amy when she responded to uh, another comment. And she said that, uh, you know, we, de- we only touched on it and we didn't really go right into it in the interview, but it is so important to make sure that you have a website that converts viewers to inquiries if you're going to use a strategy uh, like Google AdWords or Facebook ads or pay-per-click uh, advertising strategy because if you don't have a website that converts then you know you're really paying for click-throughs that uh, that go nowhere so that was um, a comment made by Amy and I think uh, yeah really really pertinent to that interview so get back and have a look at that if you're looking at starting your own business and looking at a way to generate inquiries and I also you know, look, uh, looking back at the interview, I don't want to give you the impression, I'm sure Amy doesn't as well, that it was, uh, you know, a, a super easy and smooth run. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a case of starting a new business as a photographer, running some Google AdWords and being run off your feet. It certainly doesn't work that way. Uh, you would have heard in an interview with Amy, if you've had a chance to listen, that, uh, you know, she, she's worked hard on her SEO to try and get organic rankings in Google. And, you know, obviously she's got great images on her website as well that uh, gel with her with her uh, website visitors and she's got people talking about her. So she's networking. So she's doing lots of different things. But we did delve deeply into the Google AdWords part because I know that a lot of you are interested in different ways to generate traffic to your website and not relying solely on SEO. So if you haven't had a chance to listen, I hope you do get back there. If you've got a comment to add yourself, make sure you jump back into the show notes and leave comments. For today's episode, if you do 
want to leave a comment, let me know your biggest takeaway. If you have a question for Bernie following the interview, you can do that at photobizx.com forward slash 30. Okay, so we're going to dive into this interview with Bernie. Now, what usually happens before I hit record for any of these interviews, I normally have a little bit of a chat to the interviewee before we uh, get going, just to, I guess, uh, run them through how the podcast works, if they haven't had a chance to listen and cover off all those things, a little bit of chit-chat and building up some rapport rather than diving straight in and asking how much they earn and how many weddings they're booking. So, and then usually what happens is once the, the podcast is recorded and we sign off and say goodbye, I normally leave my recording device still recording. And, uh, and, and, you know, we normally have a bit more of a chit-chat. In this case with Bernie, it seemed to sort of um, go on a, a couple of different tangents and we sort of kept talking business. And uh, I thought there was some pretty cool content in there that I might leave in and share with you uh, following, the, following the normal run of the interview. So um, we're probably going to have a little break when I finish the interview. I'll let you know what's happening there after we say goodbye so it all does make sense. And then we'll um, go into that after interview chit-chat. All right, let's get into this interview with Bernie. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today I'm really excited to welcome Bernie Griffith to the podcast. Bernie is a longtime photographer. He's been a successful wedding and portrait photographer for over 40 years. He's now a business coach and runs the business ASWPP, which is Advanced Success for Wedding and Portrait Photographers. Now, instead of going into a big spiel all about Bernie, I'm going to read you three testimonials that I found on his different websites. Here's the first one. Thank you for opening my eyes and getting me away from the rut I was in. I've just recorded a record sales week of $4,500 in sales. Here's another one. The best thing that ever happened was I found Bernie. He gave me the confidence to raise my prices and reevaluate my products. The changes resulted in dramatic increase in average sales. And here's just one more. The best decision I've ever made for my business was consulting with Bernie. I wish I'd done it so much earlier. Well, I'm really excited to have Bernie on the podcast today so we can fire a bunch of questions that you've been sending to me and we can find out the secrets to having a successful business. Bernie, welcome to the podcast. Cheers. Thanks, Andrew. Mate, it sounds like you're doing lots of good out there, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I'm speaking to photographers every day, nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night and beyond. Would you want to start by giving us just a bit of a rundown of your background and I'm going to start firing questions at you once we know a little bit about um, yeah, what, what you've done up until now. Yeah, well, one of the things, uh, I bought my business in 1969 and uh, I know I paid $500 for it um, and that business I had for 40 years, giving it away probably 12 months ago to become a full-time uh, coach uh, to the photography industry. So I've sort of uh, walked the path that many photographers are walking now and uh, I've got a good insight into the problems and difficulties that photographers have, not only when they're starting the studio but also later on when they, um, you know, after two years, 10 years, 40 years, um, you know, I've got a good idea of, of, of what's going on. Initially, I, when I was 15, I left school and worked in a processing laboratory. So I processed the films and then they were printed and distributed to the various chemists around uh, the town I lived in in, in, uh, in England. And, um, and then I had this goal. I wanted to travel the world and be a successful photographer and within uh, a very short time, I achieved that by being chief photographer 
for P&O lines on their flagship, the Canberra, and uh, travel around the world as a photographer for 18 months. And uh, one of the trips we did was we used to come to Australia. So having seen Australia, I loved it so much, I decided that I would come here as a 10-pound POM and uh, open a studio, which I did in six months. So I was 23 years old then. So I was thrown into the deep deep end and I had to learn quickly because that's all I've ever done. So uh, my whole livelihood depended on success. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that, that's my story in brief. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny because in the in the lead up to uh, you know just before I hit record, um, I asked you is there anything you know that you, you want me to ask you particularly or anything you want me to avoid, and you said Andrew, look, I'm an open book. Just don't ask me any technical camera questions. Yeah, and, and I and I thought you were joking, but you said no. W- w- what did you say to me? Well, I said basically my passion has always been business. Photography was always easy for me because. I, as I say to people, I think I was born with a camera in my hand. I, I never found the uh, the art of photographing difficult. It was just something that I had. I suppose it's like someone that can play a musical instrument, uh, who I'm very envious of. Uh, without music, just by ear, they can pick up a musical instrument and play it. Um, I was like that with a camera. I didn't have any fear of it. I just did it. It was an extension of my body. So I didn't become a technician at all. Um, I became a basic technician, but I never, um, you know, climbed or elevated myself to being a brilliant photographer. So maybe if I have any regrets, it's that I didn't focus on photography and elevate my position in the industry as a, as a, you know, I'd probably be a quadruple master photographer or grandmaster by now, but that was never my desire. I wanted to run a successful business and that I did. So, so what are your thoughts on people that are concentrating and, you know, so much on, on perfecting their craft, you know, for, of being the star photographer? Is that important? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think it's important, um, but it's, it's, um, it's obviously important to to elevate your your skills and and to produce great images if you want to do that. All I did was produce images that sold. So hang on. So is, is there a difference? Yeah. Well, there's a big difference. Um, I got to learn very quickly about what type of photograph people would pay money for. And that's all I took. I rarely pressed the shutter unless I saw a sale. So I, I was coming purely from the business side. I was not driven by money, but I was a professional photographer. And a professional photographer in my eyes, and still is, is someone who earns their sole income from photography. So, And I had to do that. I mean, my wife didn't work. I had two kids. We put them through private school, um, all of that. I went through all the cars, the Porsches, the Rolls Royces, all of that. So I've sort of been there and, and done all that. And being a great photographer is great for the ego, uh, but not so good sometimes for the bank account. So what, what, what would you say to you know, 
all the people that want to get into photography as a business because they enjoy photography. Well, that's great. But remember, it is a business. So first of all, learn the business. You'll always be growing with your photography. That's an ongoing thing. I never stopped learning with my photography. I never stopped trying to take better images. But you've got to lay down a firm foundation for your business to be able to sustain all that. I mean, if you don't make the money, you can't buy the equipment that you may want to to elevate your photography. So if you're starting off, lay down a solid foundation for your business, learn, spend your money there first, and it will reap rewards for you in the future. So, so what do you mean? They spend money on learning about business? Business education. Okay. So, I mean, where do you see most businesses that you consult with falling down? Is there, is there a pattern that they, you know, that they fall into where, they, where they're failing or where they could improve? Yeah, well, as I say in my book, and I was just flicking through it this morning, there's an old saying, you know, build it and they will come. And a lot of photographers maybe think that, you know, start taking photographs and the clients will come. Well, they won't. Um, they may for a while, um, but um, then you have to learn about marketing. And then, you, then it starts to get a lot more serious. Then you've got people exchanging money for images and then that's called business, you know, uh, and, and that's the harder part. But photography, yeah, always work on it, always do shoots. I used to do four shoots a year. I used to practice four times a year. We'd get a bride and a groom, dress them up, take them a location we liked and practice using different films. Uh, and when digital came along, you know, pushing the ISO up to a 1,000 and just seeing what result we got, try different locations, use different off-camera flash techniques. I was always trying to perfect my craft. But in the background, I was always learning how to do business better as well. It sounds like you're saying that the marketing side of the business is probably or is the most important part. Without marketing, you don't have a business? Well, customers are crucial. <laughs> True. In, in any business. Um, all right, all right, let, let me be more specific. What should we do in our marketing to get more clients? Uh, you want that in a nutshell? That, that normally <laughs> takes about three hours, but, uh, which is part of the uh, consulting I do. There's a lot you can do. And I know as a, uh, a photographer going way back when I was 24, 25 years old, I did everything. I didn't hesitate. We used to promote, market, advertise. One of the early ones we did, I can remember vividly, we, we put a winner family portrait competition in a local hamburger joint and we had 950 entries in a week. And so we're frantically uh, sending out mailing, addressing uh, letters to, uh, you know, these people to say, congratulations, uh, you didn't win, but you won a consolation prize of a photographic session and print. And that would keep us busy for three months. And I used to shoot, you know, 40 sittings a week. That was normal in my life then. But it was because I was promoting, it, uh, and that was just one of the things that we did with portraits. So what, what about in today's climate I mean, and today's, you know, online world? What, what are you seeing that's working for, for your clients? 
because everyone's different, uh, photographers live in different areas. You know, it may be a country town, it may be a small town, it may be in Melbourne, it could be in, in another state. What you have to do is do some projects, as I call them, and then test them and measure them. What might work for one photographer won't work for another. To give an example, I took on a new client a couple of weeks ago and I said, well, you know, you're new to all this, you haven't done any marketing, let's do something simple. Let's put a Facebook post. Let's do a, you, you're going to revamp your website, let's do a Kids Wanted and let's say uh, we'll specify the age, let's say one to four years old, we'll specify the area. So we'll say the Daninong Ranges. Looking for kids to photograph for a new website. Now, we put that on Facebook, on her Facebook, and she sent me a text. She's saying, this thing's going viral. Now, her, when she said viral, it didn't actually go viral, but she was amazed what response she got from it. And, you know, from that, it, it was able to give her 10 photographic sessions so it worked it worked for her but it worked for reasons um that she had the strong headline that she had the target market and all of that so i would give that which i have since given to another couple of photographers and said try this in your area so we'll see how it works for them and that's just one thing that's a starting point but nowadays you have to do everything I'll come back to the everything, but with that particular promotion on Facebook, so was she looking for for free sittings? Yes. And then she did a sales consultation after that? Yes. So were the clients upset because they came in for that free sitting or were they made aware beforehand that they could purchase prints as well? Okay, so basically um, this this was only done two weeks ago, right? So she hasn't done the sittings as yet. They're just in a diary. Mm Mm-hmm. But part of what I wanted to do for her, my, my strategy for her, as well as the marketing strategy itself, but mine for her was for to more folks. I just lost you when you said your idea was for her to have more sittings. And also so that that could fulfill her getting more experience, not only in shooting, but in selling. And yes there will be things put in place that that customer will know that they have the opportunity of buying photographs when they see them. Right, okay. Okay, so she's basically promoting to to build up her portfolio and she's going to use some of those photos, offer a free shoot and then give them the option to actually purchase images or prints following that. Okay, so as long as that's made clear to the client beforehand, I mean that's it has to be because that's good business. You, can't, you don't set out to get upset clients and you have to be open and transparent. Mm-hmm. They will know before they go to view their photographs what the photographs are going to cost and it's an opportunity for them to purchase any. Sure. Okay, that's great. That's great. Because in this case it may be people that have been thinking, about going to have some photographs taken for a while. This, for some, is just a little hook that says, oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, okay. No, and now they're in. So it, it's just an encouragement to them 
to get those photographs done that they were thinking of getting done anyway, as far as my client's concerned, they're going to her rather than someone else. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. It's a great way to kick things off. And so I imagine then she'll try other things like this and um, yeah, build up pretty quickly. This is only the beginning. <laughs> this is just starting it for her. And then um, it'll give her a little bit of experience and to know how it works. Because obviously, I don't want to be coaching her for the rest of her life. She has to learn what to do, how to do it, how to test it, how to measure it. I can give her the systems. I can give her exactly what to do, but she has to go through the process. Let's take a client like this one that you're referring to. So she's new and she's starting out. Now, all of a sudden she has an influx of bookings. And so she's going to do all these shoots that she has scheduled. Then she's going to come back and do post-processing and then she's going to do sales consults. Yep. And then she's quiet again. I find a lot of photographers are asking the question how, how they should stay organized, how they should run their business so that things run smoothly and consistently rather than up and down, up and down, up and down. How do we avoid that? Yeah, well, that's one of the mistakes that photographers make. And I was talking to one of my clients this morning and uh, we've got uh, into the field, a specialist field of equine photography, right? Mm-hmm. So photographing horses and there's, there's a lot of potential out there and she did a sale last week of $1,700, um, you know, photographing a, a family with their horse and there's a lot of horse owners out there. I gave her another project with a vet to approach and she'd sent a, an email to this particular vet and hadn't had a response and... She's saying, what shall I do next? And I said, but you've only approached one vet. What I told her to do was to approach every vet in the area because you can't just expect one thing to happen because if it doesn't happen, you've got no work. When you've got something happening, you should have, they say, you should have between five and eight promotions happening all at the same time to give you a consistent amount of work. Mm-hmm. And then as some of these promotions and marketing strategies fall by the wayside, as they do, you always need to replace them. So you have to be all the time working on your business, working marketing strategies. And now, you know, even as as I look at um, what other business people are saying, it is 80% business and for photographers, 20% photography. So that's where your time has to be, 80% of the time. So, so this client that's doing the, the Dandenong Rangers promotion, so let's say she has this big influx of shoots and she's going to be doing this post-processing and things like that. Should she be setting aside a day or two days a week then to still continue to do promotions and keep things going or should she just get all those ones done first? Yeah, no, she just will keep adding to it. She's got this running, now we'll do something else. Because the marketing... I suppose a lot of photographers think it takes a lot of time. It doesn't have to. How can it take time if you've got a coach and I'm telling you exactly what to do? But I suppose if you're doing it yourself, then, yeah, it may take a lot of time and knowing what to do. I've done hundreds of promotions over 40 years. I've got a good insight into what works and what won't work. I had a client again this morning sent me an email uh, and there was this offer of putting a $1,500 ad in a national newspaper here. 
um, you know, glossy magazine, pull up the pull out magazine from a, a national newspaper, should I do it? And in the end, I told her she shouldn't. So because I, I've done similar things and I don't think it'll be effective except for elevating her brand or whatever, but it, as a marketing thing, it won't bring in money. You know, I've wasted a lot of money myself on advertising and marketing and some things that, you know, you go, hey, that just won't work. I've had a lot of great ideas that haven't worked, believe me. So, so, so what do you say to photographers that say take out an ad in a magazine? And I know that's done less and less these days. Um, first of all, how can they measure whether they're effective or not? And, and what would you say to the photographers that don't get any bookings but they say, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I've got brand awareness out there? Yeah, well, you have to test and measure. That's, you know, business is test and measure. You can test and measure if you have a, a call to action and a deadline on the ad. So if the customer has to respond by a certain time, then you know that you're going to get your response in a certain time. So you can test and measure, um, and that's not not difficult to do and test and measure goes all the way through if you do get sittings from it then you have to measure what the average sale was and one of the things photographers that really frustrate me I was always had great numbers I could tell you and I've still got a book from 1983 I could tell you how many sittings I did on particular weeks what the core product was that we sold in other words what the main uh, print size or whether it was framed or whatever and what the average was weekly. I could tell you how many sittings my average sale over months, weeks, years. I used to have graphs showing sales going up and down over various months. Photographers out there, if you're listening, you have to keep your numbers. You have to measure. You have to track your business progress as you go. I have a client at present, and I don't know whether I'm getting off the questions you asked, Andrew, but it gets a bit like that. <laughs> you know, she's got, she's done, um, she's got two studios, right? And they've done 91 wedding inquiries, 91 wedding inquiries this year to date. And her strike rate, in other words, couples who've gone in to see, gone into the studio, inquiring about wedding photography, they've booked 32%. So if you look at that, they book 3.2 couples out of 10, and that's not enough, is it? Three out of 10 is not enough. You've got to get it to at least four or five out of 10. You've got to book half of them going in. But if you don't measure it, you don't know that it's not happening. It's just gut feel. You know, as I say, you can't go to your accountant at the end of the financial year and, and he says, have you got all the figures? And she, you say, yeah, I think we did about 100 sittings. I, I think the roundabout, it was roundabout, you know, $1,000 average. He'll look at you in a strange way and say, and say, the tax department won't accept that. You've got to have real numbers. And running the business is running the business daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and keeping the numbers. So that's one of the major mistakes I think photographers do make about running the business because they don't know what the business is actually doing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree for sure. I don't know anyone that keeps the graphs and numbers and you know the details that you're talking about. That's for sure. So, I want I want to come back and ask you about the client that wasn't getting enough bookings. But you mentioned back there about core products. What do you mean by core products? Well, with your test and measure, you should always try and 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 uh, have a, a core product that you sell the most of. Take portraits for example, and I was always. Uh, Thinking of new products that customers would buy, I created a core product which was a 32-inch square metallic photograph consisting of 11 images. In other words, it was a collage mounted on 20mm artboard. And I put this up in my studio. So when I used to do my sales presentation, I would say, and this at so much and originally I priced it at $950 and then someone bought one and so the next week someone else bought one so then I put the price of that up to 1150 and someone bought one and the next week someone bought one so per 1250 so over a two month period this product went from 950 to 1450 and it was my core product so I was able to, because it was selling, put the price up, tweak the price up to come to the market. So it was market demand, wasn't it? People were uh, paying a high price for this particular product. So I was maximizing my sale. So, And that's what I mean about a core product. It should be one product in your portrait structure that 80% of your clients buy. And that product should be priced up around where you want your average to be, your average sale. Because some people, like with my core product, it was 1450 but people did buy more than that. But sometimes couples wouldn't buy that and they'd buy less than that. But averaging out, it was my average was $1,500 over many years. So... You've got to develop a core product. And that core product was a product that no one, no other photographer had got. And that's the other key as well. Create something that's unique to you. And with that core product, does that need to be an individual item or can that be a package as well? Well, it can be a package. Um, in other words, nowadays it could be a package of, of uh, you know, the, all the high res on CD and, you know, a signature keepsake album at a package price of let's say fourteen fifty. Okay, I know that makes sense. Now you just mentioned digital files out and I wanna I'm gonna keep getting sidetracked here. But going back to the girl or, or the business that was having all the inquiries, let's say they had ten inquiries, they booked only three weddings mm. or they were getting three bookings out of those inquiries. What what was something that you suggested that they try to improve those numbers? When I looked at the price list and the price list strike, first of all, they were doing like every other photographer does. I always did the opposite to what photographers were doing. You know, with my magazine advertising, if all photographers were putting a lot of small photographs in, I'd put just one photograph. I was always trying to be a leader. What a lot of photographers do is just sort of copy what other photographers do. So... All photographers look the same. 
And so it was with this particular photographer's price list, it was structured like every other photographer's. In other words, it talked about time. You know, so this package, it's six hours. This package is eight hours. This package is 10 hours and so on. And I said to her, so what we have to do is take away all the hours. Let's think what a bride wants. What does a bride want? Why would, why would a photographer charge hourly? I mean, to me, taxis are like that or I don't know. I don't know anyone that charges hourly really except tradespeople or whatever. So I said, let's give her what she wants. She wants the freedom to be able to know that you're going to be there to capture the moments of a wedding day. So what are those moments? Those moments tend to be... You know, the groom's preparation, the brides, the, the ceremony, locations, family photographs and up to seating time at reception. So let's just put that as your timing, not eight hours. Not The other thing I think she was doing wrong, she was charging an extra $200 if it went over the hourly rate. Now, I don't know about you, but I saw a... Uh, a professor specialist eye person two days ago and he charged $180 an hour. So I think trying to charge our photography at $200 an hour is a little bit excessive. So what I'm saying is I've restructured a price list so that it's more customer friendly and we haven't reduced the prices but we've certainly given more perceived value and one of the things I've done with that is introduce, which again is a first, no other photographers are doing this, like this, which is a social media bundle. So I thought, what do brides want? Well, they're into social media. Most of them are Gen Y, so they, they're on Facebook. You know, they love Pinterest. Most brides go to Pinterest now for good ideas. So why don't we sort of embrace all of that and include it? So my social media bundle that we've introduced in a lot of uh, wedding photographers' price lists fulfill all the bride's needs for what they want with social media. And that means embraces YouTube, Pinterest, um, their phones uh, with a sticky app and um, with um, Facebook. All done, total bundle. And from that come all these fantastic opportunities and um how long have we got andrew another hour and a half <laughs> because because you know if you think about it you've got to offer something that other photographers don't offer and 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 packages in such a way that it's attractive so it's not the price anymore it's the value they get for the money so what i'm suggesting and and this is uh you know, this is a first. I mean, any photographers out there, if you're not getting into a little bit of video, you have to. Video is the future. This is fact. YouTube is the second most, you know, search engine used. So what a photographer does, this is my suggestion with the bundle to fulfill the YouTube aspect is, let's supposing during the wedding, or just before the photographer leaves. Normally when the photographer leaves, the bride and groom says, oh, gee, Bernie, you are so fantastic. You are amazing. I can't wait to see the photos. We've had such a good day. You're such a great guy. Uh, thank you so much. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. 
the only thing with that, with me, it got left, you know, in the atmosphere, not recorded. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if a photographer just set up the camera on a tripod, nice light, said to the bride and groom, right, guys, we've had a fantastic day. Can you just say what a day we've had? One, two, three, click, 15 seconds of the bride raving about you. Uh, and by the way, while you're there, guys, we'll just do this little electronic thank you card. You can, I'll send you the link. You can get your guests to look at this on YouTube. Just say, hi, thanks everybody that came. We've had a wonderful day. Don't we look great? Jeff is, never looks so handsome and, and I know he thinks I look beautiful too. And we've had a great day. And, and to Uncle Bob who came all the way from England, special thanks. And we're off to have a great party at the reception. So we've got two little videos there. They both go on YouTube, right? So you're fulfilling your YouTube channel. When you put them on YouTube, you can put all the tags on them. What it does, it also gives you uh, information or food that you can use on Facebook to send people to this link or just with a right click, you can embed the HTML code directly into Facebook. So you can put little videos on your Facebook. You're fulfilling your SEO because you're, you're enhancing your SEO with all the tags, with your videos that you're learning up there. You're getting video testimonials. You're sending a little, getting a little electronic thank you card for the bride and groom, which is, you know, a good thing to do. So these are just some of the things I help clients with to, to get, um, you know, to get into in today's environment. And the funny thing is, although I come from, uh, you know, uh, having had a business over the years, I still can't believe how, uh, how little used all what we have to offer now is, is, is being used by young photographers. I'm going, wow, why aren't you doing something? Mate, that, that's absolute gold, some of that stuff there. I mean, getting those testimonials is fantastic. What a time to get them. Yeah, You know, yeah. It's, it's so much better than just a, a handwritten note. It's, that's fantastic. They'll, they'll be so excited. It's in the middle of the, you know, of the, of the night. It's, yeah, perfect. They're, they're dressed, they're there, and it doesn't have to be done at the reception. It can be done in the park. Sure. Imagine if you've got, you know, the bride and groom and all the bridal party around. They'd just go off, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it'd be wow Bernie you've been fantastic it's been such a fantastic day and they could all have a rave let the bridal party go for it yeah that's so there's so much you can do well that's so good that's so good now look I've got so many questions written down here I want to ask you and I'm, I'm conscious of the time so can I can we just sort of zigzag a little bit here yeah, and, you, and I try and give you short answers. As no, well, no, not, no, 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 not at all, not, <laughs> not at all. It's, this is absolutely great. <laughs> Let me ask your your view on selling the digital files or keeping them uh, from the clients. Let's say in, in a portrait uh, in a portrait um, situation, because I know that most wedding clients are giving away or selling their their digital files yeah. now. Yeah. What about what do you say to your portrait clients, or what would you say to portrait photographers out there? Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it, it's like a lot of things. Uh, we try and fight it and eventually we have to give in. Uh, if any photographers are fighting it, eventually they'll have to give in. It's all about test and measure. What I did with my portrait side was test and measure. 
I decided I'd just put the sale of the files on my price list as a product. And the way I did it, I just put up to, and I wanted about $100 an image minimum. So I put up to four images, four ninety five. Up to six images, seven ninety five. Uh, up to ten images, nine fifty. The whole CD, twelve fifty, something like that. So I put on my price list and made people aware that they could have that as a product. What I found over testing it over my next ten sales was eighty five percent of my clients didn't want files, didn't mention files. Now. There was a reason for it, but I had to test it. They didn't want files because I'd positioned myself in the market as specializing in wall portraits. So people generally, even via any promotion I did, my first, uh, in my first contact with them by phone, I would say we specialize in wall portraits. So I was always sort of pushing that in a quiet, gentle way. And that's what most of my clients ended up with. So they had the choice of files but didn't actually want them. And I think a lot of photographers perceive that that's all the clients want. But they want them because that's all they may offer. And I know that it's out there but you've got to separate yourself from it. You can still offer the files but... Certainly don't give them, sell them at a price that's appropriate to a print price, your smallest print. And I did exactly the same with weddings. I was one of the first to include a full set of high-res images on a, a, a CD with the album. I was one of the first to do that because I tested it. What I found was it didn't decrease the album sales, when they used to come back to me and do their album planning session, they still spent a lot more money after. No one said, oh, we're getting the CD anyway, so we'll take out those two pages. It just didn't happen. So you have to test it. Do you think things have changed a little bit now? Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that less and less couples are, are taking albums or doing bigger upgrades. Could be true. Talked to my uh, photographer friend in Brisbane. He was telling me about most of his brides spend $7,000 on their album. So test and measure, is that what you're saying? Well, he doesn't uh, give uh, a CD of the images. Uh, people come to him for albums. It's where you position yourself in the market. There are more and more photographers out there offering high-res images on a CD, that's for sure. But it doesn't mean to say you have to. That's what I mean about photographers copying photographers. Do what you want to do. Don't worry what other photographers are doing. Position yourself and then go out after that target market. You mentioned target market there. Now, this is a question that does come up. Should we, should we be targeting any person that's happy to pay the price that we're charging or should we be looking at particular clients to work with for our businesses? Well, both. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got your price structure and that's the price. 
And as long as you haven't based that price on other photographers. So let's say someone rings and they say, look, I, I absolutely love your work, Andrew. We really want to book you, but you're, you're a little bit too expensive. What should I say to that client? Well, I've had that happen. I've had people come back and say, oh, we knew we should have booked you, Bernie. You know, we couldn't afford you and uh, we had got someone cheaper and we're not happy with the photos. Well, I can't help that, can I? It's, it's the same with everything. We, we've, we've all probably bought something because it was cheaper than something else and then wished we'd have paid the extra money. What about, Bernie, what about if this is at the actual say the point? Say you've done the wedding consultation, um, they're looking at booking you, and uh, they give you a ring after the, you know, the next day and they say, look, Andrew, I really want to book you or Bernie. I really want to book you. I love your work. I love your personality, but you're just a little bit too dear for us. We're looking at someone down the road that's a bit cheaper. So what you're telling me, I would respond by saying, so what you're telling me is you want a bit more time to pay. Right, okay. So give them some different payment options. Yeah, well, they're not, they're, anyone can afford it. Most of us can afford most of the things we want, but it's just what we want. You know, most of us can have the capacity to borrow heaps of money or to find the money or to borrow the money. But it's how much is the want. If you get that phone call, does that tell you that they do really want you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell them, you know, the worst thing that you can do is, is get someone else and you're, gonna, and you're disappointed, you know. And we all know, you know, paying a higher price uh, gives us more assurance that we're going to get what we want. I mean, how disappointing is it, you know, when you go cheaper and, uh, and it doesn't work out? Um, and I'd point that out to, to people. There is a difference, you know. All right, let's move on because... You, yeah, fine. What are your thoughts on renting uh, or, or hiring gear for a wedding as opposed to, you know, buying it outright, particularly if you're starting out? Well, I don't think you need much gear nowadays. Uh, you know, in my digital days, I, I, I know a lot of photographers love bags of, of equipment, but you don't need bags of equipment. Let's face it, you don't need a 200mm 2.8 lens to photograph a wedding. Um, you know, I, I could quite happily have, I haven't, although maybe I did in my Hasselblad days, just used a 50mm lens. Uh, it wasn't complicated. It did give me a, a particular style. Um, you know, using a 24 to 105 mil is what I would use at a wedding and that's all I'd have in my hands, uh, that and, you know, uh, a camera, one camera and maybe an assistant with a reflector or whatever. But I, I was never the person to have a bag full of lenses. So what do you say to the newer photographer that's saving up to buy that 7200 2.8 lens? Should they, should they outlay $2,500 or $3,000 and buy it or should they lease or rent it or should they just go without it? I think they should spend the money and get some coaching with me. <laughs> and I'll show them how to make the money so then they can go and buy it cash and not worry about it. But the lens itself won't make them any money, will it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that, that was the point. The camera's only a tool. You, you can't take more saleable photos with a different lens. It just doesn't work. Nice. Nice answer. All right, how, have you got an idea how much photographers should be spending on advertising and marketing? Is there a percentage or amount of time? Well, put it this way, uh, and this is the way I, I, I teach my clients. 
do as much marketing as you can for as little money as you can. But little money often means more time. Well, no, you, there's, there's things called negotiations and whatever. Uh, you know, there's distress advertising in magazines that you should always get instead of paying full price. This is when the magazine's about to go to print and they're looking for... When the, exactly. The magazine's about to go to print. Someone pulls out. They've got a half-page ad. Normally, it's 2500 They're trying to give it away for 500 I used to do that all the time. I had a client two weeks ago, big bridal fair in Melbourne, and they said, I've just had this offer, a double stand, six by three. Our client's pulled out. Normally, $6,000, they offered it her for 1000 But Johnny had five days to put something together. So we quickly <laughs> thought, what are we going to do? And we did it. And it was great. You know, she got 60 leads from that, 60 brides who she'd spoken to. And we'll put those into our strategic uh, email marketing campaign. And, uh, you know, we'll see how many bookings we can get out of that. But but those are the things that you have to do, save money if you can. And everybody out there in advertising now, in, in bridal fairs, magazines, whatever, is negotiable. I mean, it's amazing, but that's the way you can save, save money, isn't it? Negotiate. Negotiate or, use, or, or, or try other things like Facebook and things that don't cost you anything at all. Um, uh, and the other things, of course, is third party to get people to work with you and, and you know, refer you and, and give out vouchers and, and all sorts of things that doesn't cost much. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. What, what do you suggest photographers do if bookings start to drop? So things are going on good and then all of a sudden there's a fall off. How quickly should we respond or panic? And, uh, you know, what should be our response, do you think? Because I know a lot of photographers start throwing things like, you know, let's put the digital files in, let's drop our prices. Yeah. What, what should we be doing? That's the immediate reaction, isn't it? It is. Um, well, it's it, <laughs> they, they, should have, they should have been able to foresee that it was going to happen anyway, that it was going to sort of get quieter. But the thing is that they have to do something. Now, sometimes we tend to panic and I know one of my clients that had three sales of no sales and they started to panic a bit, you know, and then the next day I get an email saying we've just done a $3,500 portrait sale so things are back on track. Um, knee-jerk reaction um, is, is no good but a measured response uh, is good um, and that's why I say you have to have a lot of things in place to sustain uh, regular sinnings. Um, if it suddenly happens like that, where you suddenly have no work, then you've left it too late, really. But I know that's li- what it's like. I've, I've been there and with a lot of my clients. They're at that place at present. So, And it's all about momentum. It's just once I get a client, and the momentum starts going, like even with this, with this early client, then the, you start rolling, you know, you get positive, you start doing things and, and you start thinking and your brain's active and, and everything's okay again. So 
when that happens, you've just got to get momentum going and do something. Don't do nothing. doesn't matter what you do. Even just go for a walk in the fresh air and take some deep breaths or take a hard look at yourself in the mirror and then act on changing it and then whatever, uh, Google and, and see if you can find some inspiration because a lot of the time it is just inspiration. But try not to get it from photographers. Try and get it from somewhere else outside of the industry. Yeah, I'm hearing that more and more, especially from successful photographers. You know, look for inspiration outside the industry. Oh, yeah, always because people are running business a lot more business-like. Photographers generally are notorious for just not being serious enough uh, of running the business. And it's serious, you know. It's serious if you can't pay your mortgage. It's serious if, you know, you can't pay the bills. Yeah, It does get get serious. Right, last question for you, Bernie. Do you think it's important for photographers to enter awards to be a successful business person? Yeah, I do. Uh, I never did. I many many years ago, I entered the RPP awards and I got one a half a merit point. And uh, from then on, I never entered again. <laughs> I, <laughs> funnily enough, and yeah, but I think it's important. As I said earlier, I think if I have a regret, it's that I didn't, you know, enter awards and and hone my photography. Uh, um, because by now at least I'd have that sort of one could say a qualification of a triple master or whatever um, and I do encourage all of my clients uh, in fact I I look through their folios to select photographs and tell them how to tweak them and, and to enter awards and uh, I know one of my clients three years ago who I consulted with one you know, the state photographer of the year uh, this year. And, and she just kept going. And, uh, and that, that's fantastic. Yeah, sure, enter awards. Don't be afraid. Go for it. Does it help their business or does it help, help their confidence and that in turn helps their business? It, it helps everything. It helps, you know, your self-esteem, your mindset. You know, if, you, if you've won an award, you know, you feel more comfortable with higher prices if for your business. Uh, I know there's no problem getting local uh, newspaper coverage. Of If you win an award, you should always contact the local newspapers. You'll get your picture in there, uh, your photo, and that'll give you advertising. It'll give you credibility. It'll position yourself in the marketplace a little bit higher. So there's many reasons uh, to do uh, enter awards and I know uh, five years ago uh, I started the uh, Photography Excellence Awards uh, which we're just about to launch this year just for that type of photographer that wanted to dip the toe in the water with awards so I'd encourage people to enter it and then from then they get a feel of it and then if they wanted to enter the big awards like the RPP awards that's great also so my awards were just a, a, a little stepping stone to, to help photographers get over the mindset of, oh, it's not for me. Well, it is for you. You never know what success you can have if you don't enter. So enter. Go for it. Great. So will you have details about that, those awards on your website? Yeah. Uh, in two weeks' time, we'll be launching, and this will be, our, I think it's our sixth year 
uh, and there are trophies. We give trophies away. So, you know, it, it's been really good for a lot of photographers starting off and it's become a little bit international because we've had a couple of internationals enter and won awards. So, yeah, always enter awards. Don't be afraid. Nice. Bernie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. You've got to tell everyone where and how they can find you. Oh, yes. Uh, I've got two websites. Uh, my consulting website is www.berniegriffiths.com and it's got all the prices, my consulting on that, so it's, it's pretty open and, and uh, transparent of what I do. And the other website where we would run the awards from and other seminars that we put on is www dot aswpp dot com dot au fantastic and i'll add links to those in the show notes and i think on the aswpp website you've also got some downloads there as well and ebooks and uh you've, you've recently published a book as well haven't you which is available on amazon yeah i've got my secrets success secrets of a professional photographer um and uh that tells a little bit about my life uh, as well as it's really a, a workbook uh, for photographers. It's got some forms in there, some contracts, how to photograph children, babies, what about posing, some in social media. It covers everything to do with business. In fact, it's a book uh, of my business, my my life and business. Fantastic. Well, I'll add links to that as well so people can jump straight into Amazon and see that. Bernie, it's, it's, like I said, it's been a real pleasure and um, thanks so much for giving up some of your time and, and coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's great. And all you photographers out there, just go for it. You know, don't think about it, just do. That's my advice to you. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Bernie. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed the main part of that interview with Bernie. Now, as I mentioned before, I hit uh, before we started playing this interview, we basically signed off, and Bernie stayed on the line, and we had a little bit more of a chit chat. But I think there's some pretty cool little gold nuggets in here that are worth sharing. So, uh, hope you enjoy this next little section as well. Hey, Bernie, that's great. Thank you. All right, cool. We've gone just a touch over time, but. Um, Thanks, mate. That was that was really great. I hope, it, uh, hope it was easy for you as well. Oh yeah. Well, this is what I do most days. I'm just <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, and uh, that's just um, yeah. That's that's how I spend all my days doing that. And is your background, Andrew, as a, a TV interviewer? No, no, no. I'm a I'm a wedding and portrait photographer as well. You do it so well, and I, I did listen to the podcast with uh, Pipsqueak. Is it Pipsqueak? It's Pipsqueak. No, not, not Pipsqueak. That female uh, pet photographer. Oh, yes. Caitlin McColl from Ragamuffin. Ragamuffin. I know it was something like yeah. Pipsqueak. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. I thought you did such a good job. Of, oh, thanks. Uh, and, and she was fantastic too. She's a, she's a switched on young, young lady. She's really good. I love the way she got into the business and, and what she did. But, you know, in reality, that is the new photographer, uh, you know, there's an old joke is, that you may know is is what makes a good what makes a professional photographer and a good camera and a working partner <laughs> and that, but that's the new photographer and that's what there's more and more of nowadays um, but that's that's the way it is hey it is exactly yeah and I do I mean I honestly believe it's harder now than it's than it's ever been but um, it, it, oh, takes, it, it takes is. more work to get the bookings. What I'm trying to work out is where it's going, and I'm 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 trying to 
put some the odd uh, business model together. One, one thing for sure is photographers can't spend all this time with post-production. So via uh, uh, another guy, uh, in three weeks, we should be launching a, a SOS program, which is simple outsource solutions, you know, where you can get your files, 600 files, like with a wedding for $150, the post-production done on it. Nice. So is that with overseas workers? Yeah, it's with overseas workers, but even so, we, we can price it out very cheaply. And the other thing is that I think more and more photographers will be selling online. It's just about getting the right model, the right online shopping cart. And one photographer I came in touch with who does it very well, it was Lisa Perry. Is she in Australia? Yeah, she's in Brisbane. She's L-E-S-A Perry. And I did some workshops with her at Newborn, and she's fantastic. Um, now, she doesn't do many scenes a week. She only does about one, but her average is over $1,000. So, and they, the, all, the, all the selling is done online, but she has a fantastic shopping cart. That's good because, I mean, you hear all the Americans talking about getting away from this online selling and trying to go back to face-to-face. I don't think it's – I think it's got to go online because everything is online. I know, but the, the sales just always – they never seem as good online. They never will be, but that's not the point. <laughs> it's the way <laughs> things are going. I mean, we've, we've all – the diminishing sales. What blew me away was a, a website called Blue Nile, I think it is, bluenile.com, an American website that sells diamonds online. And that website is amazing. If you get a chance, and, and they turn over $400 million a year selling diamonds online. Wow. Okay. And that's, that's proof I can that it understand, works. <laughs> I can understand why because the website is so easy to work. You know, you choose your diamond. I nearly bought a $1,200 diamond off this website because it just sucked me in. Yeah, so they give you all the information you need about rings. You can pick your diamond, so you can click on and how many diamonds you want, what carat, clarity, color, all of that jazz, and select your ring sizes, blah, 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 blah. It's so easy and it's so much fun that you'll probably end up buying a ring. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so photography, I'm sure, will go that way. It's just a matter of building the right cart. And another idea we came up with just yesterday in consulting with three photographers and I was talking about video, one of the problems is you can't show products Mm -hmm. if you're selling online very well. You can show the odd photo and that that to me was going to be the key. If you're trying to sell a collage with nine photos, you can show a photo of it. But she said, why can't you do a video? And I went... But of course, you can. <laughs> because if you look at the shopping channel, TVSN or whatever, which I watch all the time to watch the way they market, supposing someone went through the products and said, you know, so our canvas is start this size, as you can see that one on the wall, and, and then you describe the canvas, you know, it's Italian canvas, that there's a protective coating put on to saturate the dyes in the canvas and also... Uh, protect it and it's on a two-inch stretcher frame as you can see on the back so that means 
you know, it won't warp and it's got a rolled edge on the front and, and you can tell them about how exclusive your products are. So I think if you can interact all that and put that on a website, I think it could work very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? So it's only a matter of building the model that works and that's why Blue Nile obviously is so successful. The the, the, the website is, is, is fantastic. And so... Yeah, and I think that's where we'll where we'll eventually go. So all the photographers who are working from home who don't want people coming into the home can do it that way. So if you want to, you know, if you want to make a lot of lot of money, design and build that and sell it to photographers. <laughs> build the model. <laughs> true, true. Build the model and uh, and uh, and then it's easy because then all they have to do is plug it in yeah well someone's got to come up with it <laughs> yeah yeah well i don't know whether it'll be me but i've, I've got a lot of uh, a lot of other things i'm also working on a, a project um for a national portrait month uh, so well yeah an actual product for it well it's not a product i've always had this in my head for years about doing a national portrait month so I'm in talks with certain people about it. Uh, you know, once a year we highlight uh, professional photography mm-hmm. and professional family portraiture to get the, you know, to relive or to resurrect family values and to get people to appreciate the value of putting a, a family portrait on the wall, which I think is diminishing. You know, we have a family portrait on our iPhone. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah, so just an awareness of, of getting getting all that uh, back. So I'm working on that. Nice one. So you sound busy. Yeah, I've got a lot in my head. I always have had. <laughs> so I've got, I've got the freedom to sort of uh, try and make these things come to fruition. But the thing with me is I don't think about it too long. I just do it. And I think that's the secret to being successful in, in business, isn't it? You just have to do it. Just do it. Just see what happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that 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 in itself, I it was like the book. I had all these thoughts in my head, and I had to write it. And once it was written, then it's out of my head. On to the next thing. On to the next thing. And I did that with a lot of children's poems. I had a lot of poems on my head, and I I got rid of those. Eventually, I wrote them down. I, I put a book together, and 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 then they disappeared. I. And it's just like with my book, I I can read my book and I I can't I don't remember. You know what I mean? Because they've gone. It's gone out of my head. Yeah, it's it's actually happened. It's been done. It's you've moved on to the next thing. Yeah, and I start reading it and I go, gee, that's a good read. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think of it as me because it's left my head now. So it's it's become another person. So. What's the name of the children's book? A poems. It was actually a project to raise funds for myself and also for the Starlight Children's Foundation. So it was uh, Kids Wanted. Uh, We're looking for kids to participate in the book, which will help raise funds for the Starlight Children's Foundation. And the book will contain a lot of poems and, you know, that type of thing. Uh, Okay, that's become a photography promotion as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I did two versions of this, so we photographed about, I don't know, 60 kids um, over over two seasons with it. So that was good. 
I think that there was a few different uh, things like this, wasn't there, going around the country? Oh, there's heaps. And, and I, I, one of the major ones I'm doing, and this may be hard to believe, um, one of my clients is in a country town in Victoria here, and I went to see her two years ago and I said, so what are the problems? She said, well, we're not getting many sittings and we're not doing many weddings and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. I said, well, what sittings have you done? And she said, well, we've done this and oh, we did a few farming generations. And, you know, they were seemed to be good sales. And I said, well, what were they? And she said, I don't know. I, you know, she hadn't got any records. So she dug them out and she said, well, I've got one here. That was 5,000, this one was 8,000, one was 10 and one was 12. Jeez. And I said, hang on, I think we found where the gold is. So I said, let's do a book. Let's call it Farming Generations. Let's celebrate the farmers for all the hard work they do and so on and so on. And so this project now, um, she's photographed nearly 50 families, farming families, and we're about to launch the book before the end of the year. We're going to do a couple of exhibitions as well. So, and the funny thing was, instead of, you know, you think traditionally a photographer would be have a, a booth or a stand at some sort of a place where they could draw business in. Well, they've done the sheep vention for two years. So the sheep pension is the biggest sheep uh, thing in the Southern Hemisphere up at Hamilton. And uh, so they had a stand in one of the, the sheds and, and they were, had all the photos on display and whatever and, and were gathering names for, you know, farmers to photograph. So she goes out, it might be a two-hour drive, photographs the farmers and then we thought, it's going to be hard because you're going to have to go back and sell them, mm-hmm. you know, on your laptop. But what happened was the farmers were happy to drive two and a half hours to go to her because they were, you know, be going into the city. So that's all up and happening and she's still averaging about two and a half thousand dollars. So, they, so they're buying photos from the portrait sitting and then what does she do with the book? Well, the book is going to be a book that, you know, will, will feature the, the farmer with a little 200-word write-up about, you know, their farm. Oh, about each farmer, each farming family? Yeah. So then do they buy the book or does she just sell that in bookshops or online or? Well, she can do whatever she wants, but there's no money in the book. <laughs> the money's in the portrait sittings. The money's in the portrait sittings, so that, that's the point. There's, not, there's, no money, there's generally no money in books at all. Right, okay. So she has to, she has, does a minimal print run and then? Oh, no, it's print, by, it's print on order. All, all books are. Oh, okay. Well, you think of Amazon. You don't think they've got a stock of 5,000 of my books or anything. <laughs> it's print on demand. Right, okay. If someone orders a book, they just print it. Okay, so she can offer her book for sale in Amazon yeah. if she wants and doesn't need to carry yes. stock. Well, but she can print on demand anyway because most people do print on demand. Nice. Or she can put it on Amazon. Right. Okay. Oh, so she could offer it for sale on her own website, order the, order the book as an order comes in yeah. and ship it out. Yeah, or, or like I do. I mean, I've got some books that were in that my publisher. I had 200 books printed as part of the package with my publisher. So 
Um, but when you get one from Amazon, it's a slightly different size and they just print it there. So it's print on demand. So there's no outlay and she's got the... No uh, outlay. She's done the sale, the sale for the portrait shoot. So she, uh, they're by pre-order only. So if 10 people order the book, she gets 10 books printed. The only thing is, of course, she has to spend all that time or, or someone doing the layout and, and the design and, and whatever. I mean, you can so, even outsource that, outsource that too these days. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, thanks again, Bernie. It's been a real pleasure. All right, mate. Good on you. Thanks, Andrew. See ya. Bye. All right, and now that really is the end of the interview with Bernie. I hope you did enjoy it. I hope you picked up some tips. I hope I asked the right questions, some of the things that you would be interested in asking a photography success coach if you had the chance. Now, if you want to find out more about Bernie and his business, I'll leave links to all the things that we mentioned, including his book on Amazon in the show notes, and they are at photobizx.com forward slash 30. And if you have any specific questions to things that we talked about or mentioned in the podcast episode, by all means, leave those in the comment section, and I'm sure Bernie will be, uh, be happy to come back and answer those for you. Now, for premium members, if you do have a premium membership, Bernie has offered something fantastic for you and it's totally free of charge obviously for premium members and it is his book his ebook success secrets for the home-based photographer so you can jump over there right now it's there available for you you can download that and uh, get right into that juicy stuff now i've had a a bit of a breeze through that and had a look over it before i uh, uploaded it to the website and uh, i think there's a bunch of things in there that apply to any photographer whether or not you're home-based. But it is specifically targeted to home-based photographers and I know there are plenty of those around these days. It's shout-out time. Okay, so one single shout-out this week or for this episode and that goes to Chris Pierce-Ramwell from Somerset Photographic in the UK. And uh, the reason he's getting this huge shout-out today is because Chris sent me the most encouraging email I've received since starting the podcast. Let me read the little paragraph that, um, yeah, that really, really made me happy to receive. He says, After digesting some of the pricing and post-sales recommendations over my listening to a few of your podcasts last week, I tried some of the ideas and before reviewing, tweaked my price list. I did a bump shot viewing. Now, I'm thinking that's a pregnancy shoot viewing. And the sale went up by 300%. This has more than paid for premium membership for the next five years. Chris, mate, you absolutely have made, I was going to say my day, more than that, my week, my year. That, that was the, you know, having read that, that is the, the one single thing I've been striving for since starting the podcast. That is the stuff that I want to hear about. That's the stuff that, um, yeah, totally, totally makes me happy and uh, it makes me feel like I'm putting something together that uh, is relevant, that is helpful and, uh, you know, is helping you be a success. And that, that, that's what the whole podcast is about. That's why I started it. So, yeah, that's uh, – thanks, Chris. That's uh, absolutely fantastic and I'll add a link to your website people can check out your work but uh, to know that you've got a, a 300% bump up in sales uh, is just uh, just incredible so well done congratulations and uh, thanks for letting me know I really appreciate that now on the topic of the premium membership I did have two emails with exactly the same questions from two separate listeners and they were if I sign up now do I get access to all the premium membership that's available on the site and the answer is a definitive yes yeah, so when you sign up 
for the measly $10 per month. That's, uh, what's that, $2.50 per episode or half a cup of coffee per, per week. Uh, you get access to everything there in the premium membership area. So, uh, you look at it's fantastic value. And I've, you know, I've said it over and over again. I know it doesn't mean as much from me, and it means so much more when it comes from, from you. Uh, that uh, all you have to do is implement something that you hear, and I guarantee you will more than pay for the cost of membership for a year. Now, if you get to 12 months out and you've implemented a couple of things or you know something, even if you've, if you've subscribed for 12 months and haven't got value, you tell me and I'll refund your money. No questions asked. I'm more than happy to do that. I'm that confident with the, the contents that, that, uh, that is there. So make use of it. It's a great resource. It's not expensive. And your business will improve with the content that's available. I mean, the, you, you can hear the quality of people that I'm interviewing each week and they really are sharing some fantastic stuff, but you just have to implement. If you implement, you will succeed. And look, I just had a flick through before I started hitting record today for this episode and uh, to have a look at a few of the things that I've, you know, that really caught my attention in the premium area. And there's three posts that really stand out straight away. Um, some of my favourites, one of them was from Dean Dampney on the south coast of Australia and his simple strategies on how to be the best referral from your network of wedding vendors. You know, it's so simple the way he does things and he shares exactly how to do that so you become the number one referral for your wedding suppliers. I mean, if you're at the top of that food chain, then you're going to be busy. There's, there's no questions asked. You know, Michael Rammel, I interviewed him a couple of episodes ago. The spreadsheet that he's put together is simply incredible. If you want to work out if you're running a profitable business, how to set your prices to make sure you are profitable, then get access to that spreadsheet. And I've got to say, what Michael did this week is he emailed me an update to that spreadsheet. So even if you have downloaded that previously, premium members, get back in there and uh, you download the updated version. He's, uh, he's tweaked a few things in there. I've listed those in the show notes. Um, that's there for you to use. So um, jump in and use it. If you've had a go uh, with the Excel spreadsheet, if you've tried it out, plugged your numbers in, let me know what you think. Let me know uh, if, if it worked for you, if, if you tweaked any prices because of it. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear, and so would Michael, if you've had any success or questions with that spreadsheet. Another piece of the premium membership that really stands out for me that I've used uh, as a result was the one with Israel Smith when he talked about his third-party marketing strategies. So I know that, um, I don't know if you've tried that yourself, that third-party marketing technique. I know that some photographers don't like to use use it, but... Uh, it works. It gets bums on seats. And if you're shooting good photography, then you will make money from those shoots. So uh, that's definitely worth checking out. Israel talks about the right sort of uh, businesses to approach to set up that third-party marketing. Um, he, he actually explains it. It's, it's just like a tap for him as far as getting bookings for portraits. So uh, you know, if he needs bookings, if things are getting slow, he runs this third-party marketing strategy. If, uh, if it's, things are getting busy, then he stops it and then he runs it again when he needs more bookings. It's that consistent for him and he explains exactly how to do that and put that into practice for your business. There's no way you can implement that and, uh, you know, not get bookings. It, it's that, it works that well. All right, that's enough about all that stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've got any comments, questions, uh, any anything you want me to ask, anyone you want me to interview, you can email me. It's andrew at photobizx.com. Um, like I said, the show notes are there for you as well to add comments. 
leave a voicemail if you, uh, if you feel up to it. I'd love to hear if you've actually implemented something in your business. Yeah, I'd love to read more things like, uh, like Chris wrote about his 300% increase in sales. That's, uh, that's awesome. I hope you've had an awesome week. I hope uh, the next week is looking fantastic as well. Hope life's good and uh, yeah, everything's well for you. All right, I'll chat to you soon and uh, see you then. Bye. If you have enjoyed this episode, then head to www.photobizx.com and join the community of like-minded, ambitious photographers. Learn from the pros, follow their techniques and strategies. Get your photography business profitable now.